Hey y'all, welcome back to the Brianna Approved Podcast. I have two very exciting, knowledgeable Brianna Approved guests today on the show. We actually have our first chiropractor on the show. We have Dr. TJ Abrams, and we have one of my favorite acupuncturist, Clint Price. So Dr. Abrams received his doctorate at the University of Bridgeport, where I also went, but not for chiropractic school. Uh, His treatment style consists largely of evidence-based practices, which includes hands-on therapy with an emphasis on strength training. I know you have a background in personal training, so we can get into that. And Clint Price received his Bachelor's of Science degree in kinesiology from the University of Maryland, and then he went on to receive his master's degree from the Eastern School of Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine, and is a certified practitioner in electroacupuncture medicine. And Clint, I know you have a background in competitive swimming, so I have two extreme athletes on the show. So welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Um, well, this is, like I said, my first chiropractic, uh, guest on the show. So that is new for me and Clint and I have worked together. Um, he usually does my fire cupping. He has worked with my mom. Um, TJ has worked with my brother. So everybody here has directly impacted the lives of the Diorios. So we love that, (laughs) but I would love to hear both of you kind of explain, um, maybe just like mechanism of action for how chiropractic and how acupuncture works. Because I feel like sometimes people, when they can't get a immediate or a direct effect of, I went and I saw this person and I either took this or they did this and then I felt a different way. Things like chiropractic care and things like acupuncture, um, they take time and they take consistently, you know, seeing your clinician and, and all of that. So like, how is it actually working when people can't see something that's going on internally, whether that's, you know, via the central nervous system, vagus nerve, fill us in. Get it, All right. Um, so <clears throat> as far as an acupuncture standpoint, uh, you know, at Thrive Spine and Sports Rehab, we deal, I'll kind of put it more in terms as far as the general population that we see, which is more of your active individuals, uh, your weekend warriors, um, your athletes, so on and so forth. So um, a lot of what we see is more pain related. So to keep it kind of more like I always like to use the Eastern Western medicine fuse. So uh, to kind of use more of a Western medicine lingo from an acupuncture standpoint, um, anytime we introduce acupuncture to the body, your body's just this one big network, almost like a big circuit in your house. So you have all these lines that kind of run to different portions of your of your body, um, basically supplying, you know, your electricity, let's put it that way, the lights that are on your house. So if the circuit breaker trips in your kitchen, you're going to lose out to your refrigerator, your appliances, so on and so forth. So the idea is to get that breaker to turn back on to make sure everything's free flowing. So with acupuncture, when we have issues that are more correlated, whether it be the nervous system, your circulatory system, your musculoskeletal system, um, we try and dive in through um, a lot of more of your, you know, Western medicine style orthopedic testing to see what might be going on to dive deeper. And that kind of from an acupuncture standpoint gives me, um, you know, a little more insight as far as specific channels when it comes to acupuncture, um, specific nerve pathways to work on, or even the muscles to target. Um, so in doing so, when we introduce acupuncture and just the acupuncture needles alone, 
Um, one of the main major effects it has on the body is it has an immediate vasodilation effect. So we're going to see an increase in circulation to the areas that we work on. Um, and in turn, that just helps get more blood supply to the area and helps heal the tissues at a faster rate. Um, it also helps fight off inflammation because it does help flood the area with white blood cells and in turn healing the tissues as well. Um, but we also too, um, like you mentioned earlier, I'm certified with electroacupuncture medicine. So we like to kind of tap into that to, um, you know, have different effects on the body as well. But um, again, going back to that circuit breaker with the acupuncture, when you target these specific channels, or some people may have heard of meridians before, um, almost think of it like you're trying to degunk these specific channels, and you're trying to make everything more free flowing so that uh, there's more fluidity, the circulation's optimal, um, and we're just ultimately just trying to help the body heal itself at a faster, more natural rate. I love that. Getting the person out of the way and getting out of your own way so your body can do what it's <clears throat> meant to do. I think that was a great explanation, especially for acupuncture, which I think does take a bit more time for people to feel the effects, um, whether it's not always mind-body, but for sometimes people to say like, oh yeah, my lab readings really have gone down or I, I have, you know, more balanced hormones or whatever. But TJ, for you, I'm sure you maybe see kind of both sides of it where people say like, okay, crack my back or neck. They're not saying that to you, but they can sometimes feel that, right? There's like a lot of jokes about that. And again, whether that's maybe placebo or not, people have a bit more of that a to B kind of pathway. But for some people, right, they do kind of preventative chiropractic care, or they're maybe already at somewhere like Thrive. And they're like, well, while I'm here, maybe I should see what's going on. So can you explain maybe some of the mechanisms for, you know, how chiropractic care, you know, works uh, in the body physiologically? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, what <clears throat> the way we practice is probably just I'm not saying we're you know, God's gift to earth or anything like that. We're not anything better. It's just a little different than the normal doctor down the street or whatever it may be. We, as you already kind of explained, all of us have an athletic background, whether it's actually playing sports or myself personally coaching sports or doing strength conditioning stuff. So I incorporate a lot of that into my, what chiropractic is to me. What I love to do is my whole goal with the chiropractic adjustment, the soft tissue work, the corrective exercise, the therapeutic exercise is <clears throat> almost like three different phases. So you will hear you, you may hear the, the click and pop. And again, we can, without going down my rabbit hole of what a click and pop is and if it matters or not, which the more evidence and more science that comes out, it really says it, it doesn't matter, even though I get it. It feels good. It sounds good. And that's what people, you know, come to come. Most of them come to come for, um, that does is it helps basically increase the amount of pain-free range of motion in a certain joint, whether it's in your cervical spine, your thoracic spine, your lumbar spine, your shoulder, your hip, your ankle. I mean, it's not, we're not just like the back, like we're not just the spine doctors where we learn everything. And what I like to do is when a patient comes in they'll say they're coming in for you know whatever it is x y and z i'll explain to them for my first week or so my number one goal is to basically just decrease the amount of pain that you feel um once we decrease that sensation of pain which that's a whole nother neuroscience stuff that uh, it has a lot to do with the actual brain the sensation of pain but once we decrease the amount of actual pain you're feeling 
that's when I want to start going into the gym and we're lucky enough to have access to a full gym. And that's where, like, I'm not even at work at that point. Like I'm just having fun with people in the gym, doing things that I know is going to help this, the adjustment or the, you know, the actual chiropractic chiropractic thing that people come in for last longer. It's not so much a quick fix, um, but the adjustment helps increase the amount of pain-free range of motion you have in certain joints. Then the, the secret, the secret recipe is going into the gym, strengthening the muscles that attach to the bones that make up the joint that we just got moving. That's a recipe for a good time. Yeah. I love that you both actually kind of talked about that. So maybe somebody's coming in for, they think they have a sore back. It's rarely ever just the thing that they think they're coming in for. That's where the symptom presents itself or happens to be presenting itself. And I think that's, what's nice about a place like thrive or just having an integrative approach of saying, yeah, I came for my, my sleeping is not great or my energy is not great. And then you can find the underlying imbalances and the interconnected systems in the body, which kind of brings me to my next point is that I always joke I say that life is one big group project and I hate group projects. So I'll just do it myself. However, healing is a group project, right? And like this idea of building sort of a, a team of, you know, healing, whatever all-stars, if you will. But I think sometimes if you're not already in that, maybe call it complementary or alternative medicine world, and maybe somebody's working with a regular quote, regular practitioner, Western practitioner, um, or physician, there's kind of sometimes like a bit of you know, butting of the heads. So how do you, let's say you have a patient coming in and they're maybe working with another physician who doesn't necessarily understand or buy into this, you know, complementary integrative medicine. Um, Or how do you even get a patient to understand that it does take time and it is a group effort. So what do you kind of maybe say to somebody who is dealing with that currently, whether it's from, you know, they have a physician that's pushing back or maybe themselves, they came in for one thing and they're like, okay, but you need to also see this person while you're here and do this and go to the recovery lab. Kind of how do you have that conversation or, or breach that conversation? Um, I think we're both pretty darn lucky that we both work with each other every day because Clint and I have built a awesome, 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 awesome rapport between each other. Like literally if a patient calls and schedules for, you know, Dr. TJ, it goes to the chiropractor, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's kind of on me. It's part of my job to assess whether or not they can benefit from the acupuncture. Now I, I hate using the word. I hate, I'm a, I'm a very annoying when it comes to words. Like I don't like using the word need or mm-hmm. prevent, but, um, the way I kind of word it to a patient is, you know, there's only so much my thumbs and my knuckles and my elbows can do. Um, and I say all the time that um, I'm not too proud to tell you that Clint's needles can probably do more than what my thumbs can do. That's like, I probably say that like three times a week to people. And it's, it's the truth. Like, I'm not too proud to say that, that, and I get, I love acupuncture. I ask him probably too much. He probably hates that. I ask him all the time for acupuncture, my low back, but um I truly do believe the benefits of the acupuncture with chiropractic care, with physical therapy or whatnot is just awesome. I mean, I'm sure Clint can go more into exactly what the benefits of the acupuncture are too. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to that initial visit, Um, whether it be the initial consultation or evaluation Whoever they see in our office, um, the one nice thing or nice perk that we have at Thrive is we have acupuncture, we have chiropractic, we have physical therapy. 
Um, so there's a lot of different avenues that we can kind of steer our patients. Um, and I feel like we're such a tight knit group of practitioners that we all kind of have our strengths and we know our limitations within each profession. Um, and we try not to do too much outside of our own specific scope when we know another practitioner can help them. Um, so I think it, everything is really stems from that initial evaluation and kind of going through the questionnaire sheets, um, going through, you know, different, let's say muscle testing, um, whatever it may be, looking at blood work, all this stuff that you can kind of, kind of factor into why the patient is coming through the door. Um, it's, our job to really kind of steer them as far as what direction they should be going. Um, now, as far as treatment plans, once we get um, specific patients on a plan, let's say they start with acupuncture and they've made some progress, um, but let's say after six treatments, we're kind of hitting a plateau. Um, and I feel like the acupuncture can use almost like a little push, um, whether it be through chiropractic or physical therapy, then I'll say, or mention to a patient, hey, listen, this is as far as I've gotten with the acupuncture. I feel like we can achieve more, but we might need to add in, let's say this exercise program to your treatment plan, um, you know, to get you these patients where they want to be at say, let's at, at the end of, let's say six weeks. So um, it's kind of nice that we have that in our back pocket um, as opposed to just everything being put on one specific practitioner and it just being like a, you know, let's a one-stop shop. Let's, try and fix 10 different things in three visits and call it a day because it's 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 hard to uh you know to sometimes relay that message to patients um especially when it comes to more chronic related issues um, i know from an acupuncture standpoint um, i usually tell patients when you're comparing acute versus chronic acute conditions respond way faster than they do chronic conditions um you know with acute conditions you will see pretty rapid improvements from days one treatment the days to weeks after we start. Whereas chronic, if somebody's been dealing with, let's say a low back issue for 10, 15 years that has never been addressed, it's gonna take some time to really get through and break through. Not to say that you can't feel good after a treatment or two, but to be getting back to that state where you feel comfortable on a daily basis with very minimal or no pain at all, it's gonna take some time. It's yeah. about rewiring the body, kind of getting that proprioception that your body has perceived over the last several years to it's it's just a lot of changing, um, you know, the chemicals in your body, the hormones in your body, the way you perceive pain. It's, there's a lot of factors that can kind of go into it. Yeah. yeah giving time, time time is, I think, one of the toughest things I'm sure all of us can agree on is like, okay, you didn't take six weeks to get into this hole. So we're not going to, quote, fix this in two sessions. Yeah, exactly. I mean that. I say all the time. I'm like, listen, if I, when I ask them when they start, they're like, oh, you know, it's been on and off for like two, three years. I'm like, two, three years. This is your first time going anywhere for this. You've just been. They're like, yeah, I thought it was just normal. I'm like, all right, well, listen, like, if I'm, uh, I'm not gonna be able to fix what's happening from the last two to three years in one visit. And I was like, if I was able to do that, I would be a freaking multi, multi billionaire, whatever the hell like that. I was like, that's. So as long as you are able to educate the patient on kind of that part of it, it's, it usually goes over pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I'm huge on patient education. Clint knows every yeah. time I'm on his table, I'm asking a thousand questions because I want to know, but I think that you, everybody at Thrive does a really great job of that. And also I think it's that idea of if you are truly a good practitioner or clinician, 
you know when you have to tag somebody else in and say like, okay, you know what? Maybe they can see this from a different lens or I've gone as far as I can here. Like I always tell people you shouldn't need me for the rest of your life. You know, we can have maintenance mode and that's great, but you should have learned enough and be empowered enough to now have the tool and the analogy I always say is like, if all you have is a hammer or everything looks like a nail kind of thing. So I love that you guys both have that team collaborative collaborative effort, but that kind of brings me to my next point of patient compliance, right? So like, this is where sometimes you probably see it too, where people practitioner hop and they protocol shop and they are trying a bunch of different things and compliance is important, of course. So what would either of you say to, you know, again, maybe somebody's new to it and I know it's individual, but kind of like, how does somebody even start assessing? Like, how frequently do I go? How long can I taper up treatments? Should I be tapering down? Um, when can I be in maintenance mode? Like, how does that conversation happen? Maybe even from like a preventative medicine standpoint of, again, like you don't wait until your ship is sinking to have a a life vest. People don't wait until they blow out their back, hopefully to come and see a chiropractor, but I'm sure that's how it happens. (laughs) So how does that kind of conversation happen for both of you, maybe in your different modalities? Um, so the most, you know, and, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, again, I'm pretty annoying when it comes to evidence and science and what evidence kind of says is, you know, best practices is two to three weeks, uh, two to three patient visits a week, four to six weeks, and then you reevaluate. Um, I mean, that's just not really, that's not like out of thin air. That's really what evidence says. So that's kind of what we go by. And again, it totally depends on a ton of things. It depends on how acute the patient is. It depends on you can kind of get a feel of whether or not that patient even really wants treatment or they just come in for, you know, they just want needles in their back for one day, or they just want to hear a crack, like just doc, just crack me. Like they'll literally <laughs> on the table and be like, just do it. I'm like, I'm like, I, okay. But like, I just want you to know, like, this is not what's going to make you better. Like, um, so you have to d- definitely judge it out from there. Uh, but we go ahead, Clint, whatever. What do you, what do you, what do you Wait, think? Wait, real yeah, quick, I mean, I, is the cracking really yeah. just the gas inside of your joints escaping? Is that the uh, deal? You, you, you want to go down this rabbit hole, don't you? Just like a real quick. It's, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, basically, yes, it is. Okay. So it's not always it's, a direct correlation, right? Like I cracked, so now I'm better. Not even, no, not even. I mean, there's other, it's not so much the cracking noise that's going to make you feel relief. It's more of the, literally the, this, the monosynaptic reflex that you get with the deeper, deeper muscles, like multifidal rotors, um, and obviously pushing the joint through its paraphysiological space, which is getting more range of motion. Um, uh, I said I wasn't going to get nerdy, but I just No, did, well, you'll so, probably get into it in the rapid fire questions, because I kind of okay, have a right. question around that that will trigger you in a good way. Trigger me. Do it. Let's yes. go. <laughs> But yeah, I'll, I'll just continue or piggyback off that where a lot of, I feel like our, our kind of protocol is that four to six week range, um, you know, anywhere from two to three treatments a week, if they're able to, um, you know, everybody's got different work schedules and so on and so forth. So it's really a matter of does the patient want it or not. Um, one of the biggest things as far as acupuncture goes that I see it's as an acupuncture pra- uh, practitioner, we usually are the last resort for a lot of people's complaints um and when they don't see that immediate result after one or two treatments it can sometimes kind of almost push them away from the field i'll say that 
Uh, so it, it all comes back to educating them day one. And if you can't get your point across and really establish a solid treatment plan where you can set specific goals where they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, it, it's going to be very difficult to retain patients. And if they're leaving after one or two treatments and they're still in pain and then they don't come back, in turn, it's just going to might have a negative wrap on acupuncture, might have a negative wrap on the business. So it's very important to establish those goals initially. But I would say to really get the best bang for your buck, you want to try and hit that two to three treatment range in the first several weeks. Yeah, I think that's a great approach. I think, TJ, you also said a really seminal point of, you know, it's kind of like you have to want it as well. And, you know, call it psychoneuroimmunology, call it mind-body medicine, woo, whatever. But I always tell people too, like you have to feel inclined and aligned and go into it, especially with acupuncture. I tell this to people all the time when I'm working with someone and I suggest that I'm like, you should add this into your protocol and whatever. But if they go into it super close-minded and they're like, this isn't going to work, it's woo-woo, it's hippy-dippy, whatever, you know, I think that there's a, that, that really is important as far as whether that's patient compliance or actually placebo, nocebo, seeing results in, in the body. So I would imagine by the time people are working with you, they're kind of coming on their own volition, but sometimes maybe not, right? So like, how much do you see that either negatively or positively working, you know, for a client if they're coming in and they maybe have like that very close-minded, you know, attitude? Do you think it matters? Does it not matter? Kind of what's your, what's your hot take on that? I, I don't think it matters. For me personally, it doesn't matter if they're open or closed-minded because I just try and make them open-minded. But if they still stay closed-minded, it's um, it gets a little bit dicey because then you you don't want to battle back and forth with patients. You know, you I always tell patients I'm here to advocate for your health, and if you're questioning my sort of expertise or my field and it's just not the right time for you, I'll lay it out as far as what I feel like I can do for you, um, and if you want to give it some time to think about it, then so be it. But if you're just going to stay closed-minded or you're going to lay on the table and complain about a treatment every time you walk out the door, acupuncture might not be for you. You don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, do you have a hot take on that I, as well? I mean, yeah, maybe not a hot take. It's probably less of a hot take. It's just like, you know, number one, like the patient's here already. The patient walked in the door. So they're at least willing to give it a go, which gives Clint and I kind of almost like a head start. It's like, okay, you're here already. So like somebody, something had to have either talked you into coming or you might as well have been, or you may have been like, okay, screw it. Like what else do I have to lose? Um, I actually personally, again, Clint just kind of touched on this. Like I don't, I kind of like the fact that we're usually people's last resort mm -hmm. and they're like, oh my God, like, wait, what? Like I actually am starting to feel better. And Again, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in one visit, um, but it's it's an awesome feeling uh, uh, to change somebody's, um, I guess, perspective on what healthcare really truly is. Hell yeah! All right. Well, I have yeah. one more uh, specific question for each of you for your respective fields, and then we're going to do our little rapid fire-ish questions. So, Clint. We're going to start with you since I feel like many people have probably not heard about electroacupuncture. Um, my uncle's actually a chiropractor and he used to always do like the electro pads. And when I used to get acupuncture in California, I used to get it done. So I know a little bit about it, but I don't know too much. So I would love to hear you kind of explain maybe who would be 
a good candidate for that kind of acupuncture, even what that is or what it means, um, maybe ideal conditions for that, maybe just your sort of pitch on electroacupuncture. Sure. Yeah. So I, I feel like electroacupuncture is becoming a little bit more mainstream. Um, people are starting to really see the benefits of it. Um, but one thing I could really touch on is most people have had their experience with a TENS unit, those sticky pads with the electrodes. Um, so that is considered a TENS unit, it's a transcutaneous electrical stimulation. Whereas the stim that we use, it's more of a, a PENS, we call it. It's a percutaneous. So we, instead of the pads, we're clipping the stim to the actual acupuncture needle. So it allows us to really tap into the nervous system get into the specific muscle groups we, we may want to target, joint spaces, um, so on and so forth. But the cool thing about the electroacupuncture is the fact that we can directly affect your nervous system. Um, it really allows us to have an influence on your neurotransmitters, your neuropeptides. So a lot of the times uh, the electroacupuncture can be used for a wide variety of things. I wouldn't say there's one specific population that can't benefit from it. But there are certain things you have to be mindful of, like pacemakers or um, elderly patients. Typically, you don't want to be running stim too intensely or for too long of a time versus somebody who's a 20-year-old athlete. But um, I would say, you know, a good majority of what I use it for is um, more so helping with pain, helping improve just the actual mechanism of contraction and relaxation within specific muscle groups um, to really just help restore range of motion. Um, but again, touching back on like the neurotransmitters, neuropeptides, you can have an extreme influence on the way your body produces different hormones. Um, so one thing like cortisol, for example, um, we can really alter the way your body is having an uptake of too much cortisol, there's not enough cortisol being produced. Um, and that's all based off of the frequency that the stim is being set at. So um, the, there's many ways we can alter or really tap into the way your, your brain, your body and your nervous system kind of respond to the stim. Um, and and it, it has a global effect. It's not even just a, a local effect. So a lot of people think you just get stim in one specific spot, that's the only spot it's working. But when it comes to the stim with the acupuncture, it's actually working on your body as a whole to really just get you feeling good overall. I love that. That was a great explanation. Okay, Dr. TJ. I feel like over the past few years, posture has had a real glow up. They sell those wild like backpack things and people have like sticks at their desks and whatnot, right? So why should people care about their posture slash I have read some, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of it, but a connection between poor posture and poor mood and poor, uh, the relationship between uh, your posture and mood and even cognitive, you know, kind of abilities. So what is your insight on that? Why should people care about their posture? Wow. Okay. So I'm going to say something probably that's going to shock you or, you know, maybe not. Electroshock me. Right Electroshock. <laughs> nice plug. Um, I don't think people should care too much about their posture. Really? I know. Shocking. So posture, basically, um, 
it's it's similar i kind of explain it similar to like radiographs and like x-rays it's almost like a snapshot in time if i were to sit and i I know people can't see me but if i were to sit slumped like this or perfectly straight up with my hands in a perfect anatomical position supine up on my thighs whatever it is um regardless of what posture i'm in if i'm statically sitting somewhere for x amount of time i'm probably going to feel uncomfortable eventually there, I'm eventually going to have to, move. I mean, I fidget all the time. I mean, I am literally always moving. So I, <laughs> I more so always say, you know, do I want you slumping all the time and having the uh, excessive, you know, kyphosis, excessive curvature in the thoracic spine? No. Um, but what I say to people that's probably more important is like, do yourself a favor and simply set a timer on your phone for 20 minutes. And every 20 minutes, just get up out of your seat. Just literally yeah. just, just get up, like a walk around a table, walk to the kitchen and back if you're working from home. Um, and I, I truly, truly do believe. And again, I, I say people all the time, they're like, oh, you're a chiropractor. I really believe in the chiropractor. I'm like, okay, it's not a religion. You don't have to believe in it, but thank you. <laughs> but I do believe that it's more of a movement thing than a static posture thing. I love that. Motion is the yeah. lotion is what I tell no, people. That's right. There we go. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. Well, now we're going to get in some fun rapid fire-ish questions. So you guys can go back and forth, take turns. Who wants to go first? Have fun. See what comes to your mind first. All right. Okay. Well, if anybody knows me, uh, they know that I do not like being told what to do. And I'm a rule breaker um, because of my defiant nature. So sometimes with rules when it comes to health, right? I think a lot of what we probably all do is help people unlearn things that actually either aren't true or don't serve them anymore, or especially in the nutrition world, I see a lot of these really wild rules about things you can and can't do. So what is one health or fitness rule that you think more people should break? So for example, this is actually, I made my clients do this as an assignment. Like I made them write a list out regarding food and they had like all these things, like I can't eat carbs after 6 PM. So I was like, okay, that's a rule you're going to break next week. Right? So are there any health or fitness or wellness rules that come to your mind? Maybe like the posture thing you just said, you can't use that since you just went into that. That you think (laughs) more people should break, um, or write a new rule for. Don't worry too much about your form in the gym. Just lift weight. Okay. Granted, again, I don't take that out of context and I don't want people thinking like, you know, go do blah, blah, blah. But um, there's not one specific biomechanical position that you have to be in to do one specific exercise for every human being on the face of the earth. That's not true. That can't happen. It's not feasible. Um, You know, deadlifting heavy weight is not going to snap your spine in half. You are resilient. Your spine is stronger than you think. That's my two cents. CrossFit will love that, to hear that's that. That's his way of uh, yeah. getting getting more people to walk through the door, I think. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Clint. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we see what you're doing there, TJ. Okay, okay. Uh, Clint, any health? Well, it doesn't have to be related to acupuncture. Just anything maybe you've seen that you feel like more people should uh, should be breaking. Eat whatever you want. Eat in moderation. <laughs> I Listen, if you want a fried chicken sandwich, go have a fried chicken sandwich. But um, yeah, no, in all seriousness, just just try to have a healthy, balanced diet. I mean, it's it's. I know it's cliche to say that, but um, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of patients or just people I talk to on a day to day basis that don't eat healthy, and it's just uh, you know, whatever you put in your body is a fuel to keep you going. So enjoy the things that you want to enjoy, and 
try and just have some healthy stuff mixed in, sprinkle it in a little bit. I love that. Life is meant to be lived. Okay. On the opposite side of that, what do you think is a health wellness, whether it's a tidbit, a rule, a mantra that is actually underrated that more people should be incorporating into their lives? Maybe some more easy wins, things that they think, oh, this is too simple. It must not be true. It must not work. Yoga. Yoga. All right. Yoga Yoga twice a week will change your life. Okay. I'm a Pilates girl. Everybody can benefit from it. Um, Whether it's hot yoga, you know, whatever style of yoga you may find yourself into, just do it twice a week and do it for a month and just you'll, you'll drastically see the benefits of it. Love that. And you can do it right from your living room. Absolutely. Or go to TJ's mobility class at Thrive on Mondays that I still have not been to. (laughs) TJ, any uh, underrated tidbits that you think more people should be incorporating easy wins that people should be incorporating into their lives? Hell, I I second that motion. I, I, I do yoga once in a while with Kelly, my fiance, and she laughs at me because of how unflexible I am. And it's like, but with that being said, I've been, I've been doing it. I don't want to say consistently. I haven't been consistent, but I have been doing it more. And she like, she looks over at me. She's like, wow, you're actually doing that. I was like, Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Just like, it's, it's pretty, it is pretty cool. Love that. Okay. I'm sure both of you get this too. Um, A lot of uh, supplements coming in, uh, a lot of biohacks coming in. So maybe the most overrated supplement or biohack that you see currently trending in either your respective field or just in the wellness field in general. I'm going to say CBD. I, I think CBD is yeah. beneficial. I do. If it's done the right way. Okay. Um, I think there's way too many products that are out there. A lot of them are very misleading. Um, a lot of people don't know how to properly dose themselves. Um, so some people will come to us because we do sell some CD, CBD products here, um, whether it be a tincture or a uh, topical cream, but, uh, if you're not administering the right amount or they're not, they're not, it's not a good quality product, you're not going to see the benefits of it. And to add to it, it's become such a competitive market where I feel like a lot of these companies are, let's say, take it for what it is, taking advantage of it. Um, it's just the, the price of CBD is through the roof and yeah. you can spend a boatload of money on CBD. And I've had plenty of people tell me that it does absolutely nothing. Love that. Yeah. I support that answer. <clears throat> Jay? Uh, I guess I. it's not really more, it's less of a supplement rather than a tool, which is the massage guns. Oh, I was going to ask I'm you gonna, about that. I'm going to go massage guns a little overrated. Granted, I use it. Okay. I use it on patients often, but it's not, it's not a magic bullet. It's not a silver bullet. It's not a, like a, an end-all be-all. And I, I, again, I am very verbal about that when I use it on the patient. They're like, what does this actually do? They're like, I just got one for Christmas. Or by the way, if you look up like the most, I think it was like, it was this year. And it was like, what are the top 10 most gifted things from Amazon? Massage guns was, I think, literally like number three. You know, it's really funny. I was dating somebody around the holidays and I bought them a massage gun and we broke up and I returned it. And I was like, and now I feel even better about it. (laughs) Son of a gun. That's hysterical. Oh my God. (laughs) So um, you guys heard it here first. Give up on your posture and throw away your massage guns. Chiropractic wow. approved. We're just kidding. 
what kind of chiropractor you have on this podcast? We love it. We love it. My first chiropractor, you're setting the bar. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. Jeez, you can only go up from here. Okay. Uh, um, okay. What is a either a morning or a nighttime routine non-negotiable? I think people's morning routines, get ready with me videos are out of control. People are doing these like 90-step things. I don't know how people are doing that. So is there one or two things you absolutely do or must do or have either in the morning or nighttime or both for either of you, for both of you? Sunlight first thing in the morning. I, well, I shouldn't say oh, first. That's not thing, what I thought you were going to say. Sunlight. I would say within like the first half hour to an hour of waking up. Um, I recently got a puppy, so it's a nice excuse for me to get out, walk the dog first thing in the morning. Um, nice. But yeah, just getting that um, vitamin D and natural sunlight to start the morning is a great, great kickstart to the day. Hell yes, TJ. What did you think like he that. was going to say? And then what's your answer was- going to be? My answer is going to be what I thought he was going to say. I was going to, I was, I was ready to say I agree, but I mean, I do agree first of all, <laughs> but um, water before coffee in the morning, that is tons important. of water before coffee. That is yeah. a need necessity. Okay. I love that. All right. Um, if you had to create a tagline or like, a, I don't know, you probably, neither of you probably watch the Housewives of New Jersey, but they all have this like tagline and they turn around, right? Like, so either a bumper sticker or a tagline for chiropractic care and acupuncture, what would it be? Like if you guys were doing a new PR campaign, what should people know? Like a quick one-liner, like about, oh, about what you offer, what you do, or maybe your approach. Uh, you know, like I always say, uh, I help people, uh, get the most out of their lives by like doing less kind of thing, you know, or, you know, do remove more things to get more out of your life. Do less. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, wow. Put this, this is the hot yeah. right here. Barbara Walters status over here, guys. Okay. Let's we did not take thanks. this podcasting lightly. Uh, let's go. One needle a day. Keeps your pain away. Hell yeah. Put that on a coffee mug. Wow, Love that's that. good. Did you just think of that? Hashtag it. Did We're you putting just think that, that on a mug. I the did. next Thrive merch, and then it's going to say Clint approved. There we go. My God. TJ, that's good great. luck following that one up. I'm going to go with what I always say is saving the world one spine, but saving the world one spine at a time. Okay. Those are great. And that was a good <laughs> exercise for all of us to do together. Um. <laughs> All right. What is either the last book, podcast, movie, media, something that you consumed that you learned something new from and or something that any of those things you consume that you actually kind of adopted and integrated into your life? Uh, I'll go with Huberman Lab. I think he's just a book of knowledge. I just love listening to the guy. Super nerdy podcast. So if you're into it, you're into it. But um, just his whole take on the cold plunge, which. Yes. We just have a cold plunge that. for those of you listening in our Belmar location. Um, and just the, the perks as far as um, the perks the cold plunge has on your body, just from, you know, especially from an inflammatory um, sense is that it just can help downregulate your, um, the inflammation in your body um, can really just perk up your energy. Um, I've done it several times and it just, you feel incredible it's it's definitely a, a tough test and it's it, i don't think it's something i will ever get used to the sensation but um you know if you can stick it out if you could breathe through it and just get a few minutes it it really feels incredible and i 
I tell people all the time, it's like almost like a morning coffee. If you could get to it first thing in the morning, it's, it sets the tone big time. I always joke and say my life is one big cold plunge because I'm freezing all the time. So it is a no for me, me at this point of my life. <laughs> I'm uh, the opposite. Yeah. TJ, any uh, current books, podcasts, movies, something that uh, you learned something new from or that you're currently integrating into your life? Um, we just got a book called The Eight Rules of Love by Jay Shetty. Yeah, I mean, he's like the the podcaster of podcasters, I guess. But um, I guess listening to the podcast wasn't enough. You had to go actually purchase the book, <laughs> according to my fiance, Kelly. So we've been... Um, trying to wind down a little bit better at nighttime, not staring at the TV, watching NFL network or whatever it is. And um, so we kind of shut the TV off. We'll go into the, you know, into the bedroom and literally listen to the record, listening to the uh, voiceover and read the book at the same time, which has been actually pretty cool. I love that. I love him too. Okay. Two last questions. And then you can tell everybody how they can work with you, where they can find you all the things. Um, okay. So what is either, one common myth about chiropractic or acupuncture care that you want to debunk or your spiciest opinion hot take on something that you actually disagree with in the field. Once you go to the chiropractor, you have to go for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. Ain't true. Okay. It ain't true. I'm not having it anymore. Every, every time I tell people, I, I like almost ne- not like, if people ask me what I do, I'm like, I'm a doctor. They're like, what kind? I'm like, I'm a sports doctor. They're like, yeah, but what's your doctor? I'm like, I'm a chiropractor. Like, oh, what's your TikTok? Or, oh, what's your Instagram? Because they're like, oh, they want to go see the crack videos and whatever. But the number one thing people always say about, you know, chiropractic is, I don't want to go because I've always heard, like, every time I, you know, if I start going to the chiropractor, I have to go the rest of my life, right? Like, I have to be in a line the rest of my life. No, you don't. It's, it, it, you don't need to. People like it could because it feels good and it does wonders. It, it, it really does help tons of other things. But to say you need to go for the next, you know, five days a week, for the next five years of your life, otherwise you're going to internally combust is not a true statement. I promise. Good to know. We love that. You're debunking a lot of myths here and we love that on the Brianna podcast. I have always been, you could ask my teachers in chiropractic school. I've always been devil's advocate for everything. I'm always like, yeah, but if you adjust this joint, does it really do X, Y, and Z? They're like, yes, TJ, stop asking questions. Just go with what we're telling. And I'm, I'm always that guy. My Hell. classmates didn't love me. Hell yes. Okay. <laughs> Clint? Uh, I'm going to say acupuncture is not dry needling. Dry needling is not acupuncture. Very good. So, do you want to give a quick difference of what those are? Um, sure. So a lot of, especially in New Jersey, it's, it's, it's now a constant battle, I feel like, across every state um, where physical therapists specifically are trying to get dry needling within their scope of practice. Um, Dry needling is, I'll call it a technique that has been used in acupuncture, just has been called different things over time. Um, So I've had patients who come in saying, yeah, I've had acupuncture, you know, my physical therapist was doing it, X, Y, and Z. They kind of give me the rundown of dry needling, which basically true dry needling, term dry just comes from there's no sort of form of medica- medication on the needle. Um, acupuncture, there's no medication on the needle. So the needles that are being used across both are essentially the same thing. Um, but with dry needling, typically when I feel it's necessary to use dry needling, it's more so if there is specific restrictions within a muscle group um, where you are targeting a specific trigger point in the muscle. 
Um, I tend to tell people dry needling is very effective, but you are going to be very sore afterwards. And it's not going to be the most pleasant sensation while it's happening, but it is effective. Um, so typically the dry needling, you're in and out of a specific area very quickly, whereas acupuncture, you're putting the needles in, the needles are being retained for a period of time, um, and patients are just laying on the table while the needles are doing the work. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, some people or some practitioners, I should say, uh, are very enraged of the whole dry needling um, versus acupuncture controversy. But, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I feel like yeah, practitioners are just trying to help people as best they can. My word of advice to any patients thinking about dry needling is just make sure whoever you are seeing, make sure they're explaining it to you properly um, and make sure they're certified, trained, so on and so forth. Because um, as far as I know for New Jersey, the requirements for dry needling are very minimal as opposed to acupuncturists who have three years worth of training to actually administer the needles and the acupuncture. Good to know. All right, guys, you've made it through the gauntlet. One last question, and then you can tell everybody where they can find you. What is um, one piece of either health or career advice you would give your younger self or that you wish you had listened to in your earlier years? Uh, I'll, I'll just give I'll just give advice from personal experience. I um you know in undergrad I studied kinesiology. I was on the path to go for physical therapy. Um in my junior and senior year I started to shadow physical therapists when I was home for summer winter breaks. Um and I am so glad I did that because it exposed you know the field of physical therapy in various settings and I just came to the realization that it wasn't for me. Um I respect what physical therapists do. It just, um, I just couldn't see myself doing it for, you know, the rest of my life. So I was able to actually explore different avenues. I knew I wanted to stay within a healthcare, sports medicine sort of path. Um, and thankfully, my my fiance at the time, um, her uncle was an acupuncturist, so I was able to shadow him. Uh, shout out Andy Rosenfarb. So, um, you know, he was one of the first people that really exposed me to acupuncture, and I just grew to love the field outside of sports medicine. Um, and what it had to offer. So uh, I would just say a bit of advice for anybody, whatever career path it is, just get out into the real field, put in the hours, volunteer, make sure it's something that you could see yourself doing. Because if I had done the PT route, it would have been, I don't know, things could have been a lot different. Totally. I totally agree with that. Try all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I guess I would tell my younger self it's okay that I have no idea what I want to do. I mean, I I graduated high school and I was going to East Stroudsburg University for athletic training in this in um, September. But before I even went, so I graduated high school in June, right? That's when people graduate high school, June, um, July, and August. I was I had I got I took my first personal training certification just to like get a little bit of a knowledge of the human body. Um, and then I went to East Stroudsburg and did athletic training for a little while. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I have, I was like, I like sports. I like working out and I like snowboarding. So I was like, mm-hmm. let me go to East Stroudsburg and Poconos to learn about Absolutely. sports and stuff. And long story short, that is not what I ended up wanting to do. I ended up coming home and I was doing strength conditioning. I was working at a vitamin shop. I was working as a 
waiter as an 18, 19, 20 year old kid. And eventually one day I told my parents, I was like, I want to be a doctor. And they were like, what are you talking about? You couldn't even get through East Stroudsburg. Like you can't. And then <laughs> somehow, some way I found this. And I mean, my father was a chiropractor. He's retired now, but I've always been around it. So I've always been seeing a chiropractor, but I never knew I wanted to be a chiropractor. Um, in answer to your question, the word of advice is it's probably going to be okay, even if you don't have the answers right now. I love that. I always joke. I was yeah. a Spanish major undergrad. So I always say that undergrad <laughs> is for fun and grad school is for figuring out what you want to do. Um, yeah, so absolutely. You, know, you always end up where you're supposed to be. Okay. So uh, how can people find you, um, work with you if maybe they don't live in New Jersey? Are there ways that, and I'll put all of your stuff in the show notes as far as Instagram and all that. If there's any things that you want to plug, like your mobility class or anything else, just let the people know how they can get more of the both of you. So I have a, I, I do a mobility class. It's almost like just like a, it's it's nothing special. It, it really truly isn't. It, it, it gets people moving at eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday, which is really the most important part of the class. No matter what I do, it's just important. The fact that people show up at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, it's now going to be the first Monday of every month, but it's here at Vive Fitness in Point Pleasant. If you're a member at Vive, you have access to it. That is again at 8 a.m. every first Monday of the month. I will be doing that movement class. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of, do you live mostly on Instagram, TikTok, both? I do not have a TikTok. contrary to popular belief being a chiropractor. I know everyone literally, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Every time I tell somebody I'm a chiropractor, like what's your TikTok? I'm like, I don't have one. Leave me alone. You're but on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Yeah. I have Instagram. It's I think at Dr. TJ Abrams. Nice okay. and easy. Cool. And Clint, where can people find, work with you, all of the above? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you can go to thrivespineandsportsrehab.com. That's our website for the business. Um, we have two locations. One's in Point Pleasant on Route 35, attached to Vive Fitness. And then um, we did just open our Belmar facility back in September. Um, and that's uh, Fifth Ave in Belmar. So you can find us there as well. Um, and then as far as Instagram goes, that's the only other way you'll probably find me or see me is either on the Thrive Instagram or my own. Um, and it's, oh, geez, I can't, I don't even know it off the top of we'll my head. We'll plug it. Don't worry. We'll plug the price, Thrive Instagram like too. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your busy day. I know you had patience before this. I'm sure you have patience after this, but I really appreciate uh, your your knowledge and your insight and all that you're doing for the holistic alternative health field. So thank you. Yeah, thank you thank for having you. us. It's been fun.